glad I got sunshine in a bag. I'm useless, but not for long. The future is coming on. I ain't happy. I'm feeling glad I got sunshine in a bag. I'm useless, but not for long. The future is coming on. It's coming on. It's you're listening to the PCAST. Each week we take you around Austin P, the athletics department, sometimes Clarksville, and occasionally the OVC, to give you the full scope of what's unfolding around us. I am Colby Wilson, and yes, we're back again, powering through crossover season. He is Dylan Schwartz, also here with me again today, despite repeated protests from our listeners. Dylan, hello. Hello, how are you? Good. So, big story this week, election season. The election is past us. I don't really care who you voted for. I care that you did hopefully vote. But, Dylan, the important thing here, are you excited to not see political advertisements anymore? Because I know I am. Yeah, I, I am as well. Um, I just want to, you know, watch football or whatever TV program and just not have or basically not be harassed by political advertisements every other uh, every other ad, it seems. Yep, and uh, two more years maybe-ish of that now. Uh, coming up this weekend, Pats Titans on Sunday. I'm sure you've got some thoughts about that. I do, I do indeed. I'll be at the game in person, actually. Um, and I think it's going to be a little bit of a trap game for my Patriots. Titans coming off a big Monday night road win, even though the Cowboys are a shell of themselves and since God knows how many years now. But um, it, c- it could be a trap game. The Titans generally can make games ugly and sloppy, and that would play into their hands. Uh, but hopefully we can go in there and get a win. Big question. Are you going to be wearing Pat's gear into the unfriendly confines of Nissan Stadium? That is the plan. I did it in Pittsburgh last year, so it can't be it can't be any worse in Nashville, surely, right? I, I don't know. I'm a Raiders fan, and we've packed that place the last three times the Raiders have come to town. <laughs> uh, last week here at Austin P basketball season, opening up at last – Women's Hoops playing Georgetown College in an exhibition at the Dunn on Friday before opening up the regular season on the road at Cincinnati. Dylan, what would you see from the Governors? Well, going into the game, um, the team knew it would be a much tougher challenge than Georgetown Cincinnati as a top-half American Athletic Conference team, but they came out and really matched the physicality and the tempo and the intensity of the Bearcats, and we're only down two out of the first quarter, and I think that really gave them um, some confidence going forward. Unfortunately, their shooting went a little cold. They they were getting into good positions, especially around the basket. Just some of the shots just weren't going in. Um, but they won the third quarter, and they should be pleased about the how they played with their energy and um, really their intensity throughout the entire night. Especially when it was a night where there was the grand reopening of Fifth Third Arena, and you know everybody expected Cincinnati to maybe. Um, have a maybe an easier time and come out right at the end of the first quarter. It's only, it's only a two-point game. So I think there's a lot to build on for, for for David Midlick's team, and it's a pretty young team, and I think that if he can get them to play like they did last night, then they're going to have some success. Men's basketball, no exhibition for the first time in a while. Instead, jumping right into the regular season where they beat the absolute tar out of Oakland City Tuesday night in a 114-53 to demolition seven governors in double figures led by terry taylor with 21 points oakland city 
scored just 14 points in the entire second half, including a near 10-minute stretch with no points as the Governors ran wild over the final 20 minutes. Uh, sophomore Dayton Gum uh, had the first points assist double-double in over a decade, not known necessarily for his passing and court vision in his first season, uh, primarily operating out of the two-guard. Did a little bit of running a point guard as a freshman, but really was a facilitator on Tuesday night. A lot to like for the governors in their home opener as we get set to embark upon a, a long and winding road trip. We'll get to that a little bit later in the episode. Football versus Eastern Kentucky. Uh, you take some good, you take some bad out of this one. Uh, a disjointed game. Um, it looked like the governors were really going to have some success on that first drive, uh, just carve through the Eastern Kentucky defense. But Eastern Kentucky, to their credit, uh, made some adjustments, and really the name of the game was ball control. EKU kept the ball for th almost 37 minutes of that contest, wore down the governor defense, uh, just kept chipping away and chipping away. Uh, and Dylan, you know, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to be negative at all. It's just, you know, I feel like whoever had the ball last with a, a – good shot was going to be the team that won and the governor simply ran out of time the governor still had positive shape from the game the run game was still good they had five yards of carry still that is despite some o-line injuries you had jake kilby go down in the game as well so the govs had to shuffle things around on the offensive line in the middle of the game and you know despite the defense maybe getting a little tired based on eku's ball control they still got 11 tackles for loss and you know the opportunities were there um, you know, they simply just didn't materialize for the Govs. Maybe on another day they end up they end up getting that game and, and, and getting a win. But, you know, it just wasn't there um, on, on that night. But moving back to the Dunn Center, volleyball took on Eastern Kentucky with a five-setter against the Colonels, and they pulled it out just barely. But a win is a win. Logan Carge with 11 kills and six blocks to lead the way, but she was by no means the only offensive threat for the Governors. Brooke Moore, Jenna Panning, and Cecily Gable, all with quality performances offensively for the Govs in Richmond, and that puts Austin Peay on the precipice of winning the OVC regular season title for the second straight year. Taylor Mott once again has this team in contention to win the Ohio Valley Conference and make a return trip to the NCAA tournament. Dylan had a couple of performances of note last week that we really want to highlight, uh, starting with Perhaps an unlikely unsung hero on the football field. OVC Specialist of the Week honors go to Logan Birchfielder, who hit two 40-plus yard field goals, the first governor to do that since John Bell in 2008. And also Ginny Garrick, Libero of the Week for Volleyball, um, helped the Govs' defense hold now their opponents to a 0.195 attack percentage, and she also had a career-high 30 digs against the Colonels. 2008, a long time ago. I went to school with that guy, John Bell. <laughs> I remember him somewhat vaguely. Uh, and I want to I want to highlight Birchfield just a, a hair more here because I think Birchfield's gotten an unfair shake uh, over the last few years. But he stepped up, and when the chips were down, made a couple of big kicks to keep the governors ahead of the colonels on Saturday. Also want to note, uh, last week, Lydia Giannis Garcia of the women's tennis program picking up one of the league's most prestigious honors, earning one of six OVC Scholar Athlete Awards for the 2018-19 year. This is a big, big award, encompassing really everything that you want your student-athletes to be about. Uh, great character, 
uh, GPA, doing well in the classroom, doing well in the community, and also dominating uh, on their chosen field of play. And, I mean, Lydia, I can't think of somebody that embodies that any more than she does. You know, 4.0 GPA, uh, three straight conference player of the year honors, uh, academic All-American, uh, just a, an all-around good kid and a great ambassador for Austin P. I, I thought that was a very well-deserved and well-earned award for her. But we will wrap this segment up, and we will return with Zach Glotta of the men's basketball team right after this. It is basketball season. That means you'll be hearing, reading, and seeing a lot about this week's guests over the next few months. But it also means we'll have a lot to talk about with Zach Glotta. Welcome, and thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me. So, uh, to begin with, Mazel Tov on the marriage. Thank um, you. Thank you. Was, uh, was your bride a little bit out of shape when you decided to postpone your honeymoon and go gallivanting around Europe? Actually, the funny story about that is uh, when the opportunity first uh, arose, uh, Mike Siegfrieds of Athletes in Action contacted me, and initially I told him no. I said that was uh, the time we were going to go on our honeymoon. We had something planned out, and uh, when I called my wife and told her about the opportunity, she uh, went behind my back, canceled the honeymoon, and told me to go. <laughs> so get get used to that. It's called yeah, marriage. Yeah. Um, so let's let's start at the beginning. Uh, you played for your dad in high school. Mm. Uh, what kind of what is the distinction that comes along with being a coach's kid? Uh, I think the kind of stereotype is that, you know, you're a gym rat, um, you have a high basketball IQ, which is something that I, ho I, I hope I am, um, and something I think I've been classified as over the years, but um, I think that's just the stereotype of it and the classification. Your brother also was recruited and went to Northern Colorado, mm -hmm. uh, and SIU as well, yeah. started at SIU, yeah. so mm -hmm. you got to see his recruitment up close before your own. Mm -hmm. uh, was it useful for you when you went through the process of kind of having a roadmap to what to expect? Oh, definitely, definitely. I think seeing him and um, seeing him talk to coaches, getting letters in and things like that, it, um, it definitely helped me uh, see kind of the stresses behind it and um, helped me kind of manage that from a you know, behind-the-scenes aspect. Reflect a little bit on the 2016 OVC tournament. That's your sophomore? Freshman year. Freshman year. Freshman year. Freshman year. Um, the you came into it as the eight seed you were nothing was expected yeah kind of just happy to be there needed two wins to get into it and then all of a sudden we go on that amazing run what do you remember yeah. about that time man well that was uh it was a really up and down year i remember uh we were a really talented team um, and i remember all year telling the guys that you know and being a freshman and you know again i hadn't been through it but i knew that we were talented i knew we had weapons and I'm trying to convince the guys all year long that hey, like we can we can pull something together here. We can make it run. Um, I remember as soon as you know, probably about halfway through uh, the OVC, um, after playing against everyone, and you know we had gotten beaten bad a couple times, but uh, still, nevertheless, I, I kept telling guys that hey, like we do have a shot at this. Like we just come together, we got a shot at this. And um, you know, I remember sitting in the locker room after that last game, uh, watching uh, I think Eastern Kentucky. 
um, play because they needed to lose in order for us to make that eight seed. And they ended up losing. We got in and uh, had an incredible first game. Chris Horton, uh, I remember, went off. Uh, and we beat Tennessee Tech uh, pretty handedly. And then that next game against Tennessee State, um, they had beat us pretty bad earlier in the year. And uh, playing against them, we got down big. And uh, I just remember um, kind of – you know, our team seemed to kind of down and, you know, we hit a couple of shots and, you know, all of a sudden in the second half you look up and I think we had just hit about two threes in a row and we were only down 11. And I think we got to stop in another bucket and cut it to nine. And I think that's a moment in which I think everyone on the court, the fans and all of us on the bench kind of looked around saying, hey, you know, we can come back and win this thing. And uh, the funny thing is after that game, uh, we had Belmont, number one team in the OVC, uh, and I went back in the locker room and I told all the guys, hey, we're going to the NCAA tournament. You know, we're going to win. Like, we're going to get a championship ring. Like, we are going to win. And, and that was, you know, it wasn't just me. It was everyone that had that same feeling. And, uh, I mean, I can't really describe it to you, but I just remember, uh, you know, you, you should never overlook an opponent, you know, good or bad. And we had the number one team in the conference. And, you know, we were sitting there saying, hey, we're going to win this thing. And we ended up playing Belmont. Um, and never once, we got down early, never once did I ever think, oh, you know, okay, maybe that was just, you know, the feeling of yesterday, uh, you know, that was now gone. It was always a, a, no matter what happens in this game, I know we're going to pull it out. And we ended up pulling that one out. And after we won that one, we just knew we were going to beat UT Martin. The Belmont game might have been the best game I've ever <coughs> seen, just in oh, yeah. person, in, mm -hmm. in college basketball. How surreal was it being involved with that game where the the ebb and flow of the action, it was every single possession it seemed like? Man, it was back and forth, back and forth. And, man, like you said, just the ebb and flow of the game, it was um, one of the most special games I've been a part of in my career here. And uh, just to see um, the way that game played out, uh, Evan Brad's being perfect in regulation – missing the one shot that would have uh, put them ahead and then uh, Craig Bradshaw uh, being just a little too late on that uh, last second putback. Um, I mean, just the, the whole game, it was uh, really storybook-esque. Um, your athletes in action experiences, you went to you went to the Captain's Academy in Xenia mm -hmm. summer before last, and the last summer the European Tour. Uh, Talk a little bit about what those are like and why they're important and why it's good to get involved with Athletes in Action because I don't think a lot of people totally <coughs> understand exactly what it is. Yeah, so I had never heard about Athletes in Action um, until Coach Fig came and um, after the completion of our you know summer workouts, um, he had you know told me and uh, Chris Porter Button that he was going to send us to the uh, um, Captain's Academy. Um, so I was, I was excited for that. Um, he had told me some good things about it. He told me that they had sent uh, a couple players down to South Carolina and that had really changed uh, their leadership. And so I, I went down there really not knowing what to expect. And, um, and it, was, it was phenomenal. It was five days. We heard from, uh, you know, speakers. We heard from a Navy SEAL, uh, Clark Kellogg, um, just a lot of the team building exercise we did. And um, really, you know, kind of the theme uh, of that Captain's Academy was follow the leader. You know, and, you know, kind of the idea behind it was in order to be a, a great leader, you got to be following something, you know, and 
uh, and through Athletes in Action, uh, they're a Christian-based organization, and so that's, you know, for them following Christ and um, leading out of that, and so um, that was really big for me. Um, it was cool to see, I think there was 24 guys there, and over five days, you got 24 guys from all different, you know, schools around the country, and just seeing the, the you know, how close we got in a matter of five days, just from leadership building, uh, you know, activities, and, um, you know, little uh, short messages, or, you know, sermon type deals, and, um, and just getting to play with you know, one another, you know, on the court late at nights and um, stuff like that. So it was an awesome experience. What about Europe? I mean, obviously postponing your honeymoon, and that, was, that wasn't the best part, obviously, but you did go to Prague, you did go to Spain. You did a lot of interesting things over there as well. Yeah. I think my, my biggest desire uh, for wanting to do that was um, to really get to directly play for something bigger than myself. You know, I had come to, you know, understand and find out who Athletes in Action was and um, for their, you know, mission to uh, here, you know, in the country and around the country um, spread and share the gospel, you know, through sports. And so I think it was really cool and an awesome experience to um, get to play for something that's, you know, a lot bigger than myself. Freshman year, obviously won a OVC championship. Mm -hmm. Sophomore year, things were not as good obviously no. last year things were very good again but through it all I think just you've been the most consistent guy can recall seeing because you you never get too high when the highs are high you never get too low when things are down how do you keep finding the good no matter the situation man I think uh, I learned a lot of this freshman year uh, freshman year even though we had um, success there at the end it was a very up and down year especially for me personally you know I started you know, 11 games my freshman year, but at the same time, for the first time in my life, I, I had sat the bench for uh, complete games, you know, multiple times throughout that season. Um, and so, you know, I think that really kind of, you know, threw, threw me a curveball and uh, learning how to deal with that. And I think, uh, you know, off the court, um, my connection to FCA, uh, Fellowship Christian Athletes, um, really helped, uh, helped me with that. You know, I had other athletes around kind of helped me, you know, who had been through it. Um, and been through ups and downs before, kind of helped me through that. And, uh, you know, one of the, the biggest things that's helped me through uh, my college basketball career is uh, a verse in uh, the book of James, James uh, 1, uh, verses 1 and 2, considered a great joy when you go through many trials of various kinds, knowing that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. You know, and so keeping that in mind that um, I, I know it was, uh, it was very hard for me to consider it a great joy when you go through trials, um, but uh, it's all about perspective, you know, and, and knowing that, hey, when, I, when we're going through the downs, you know, I'm learning something, I'm being tested, and we're going through the highs, that's when I can apply that testing that I've been through with the lows. Under Coach Figure, obviously, things have changed for you. Um, not only taking on this super sub role where you come in off the bench mm -hmm. and just start raining threes, <laughs> but you're – you're moving off the ball a lot more. You've become a much better defender, very active with your hands. What have, have these just been very specific things you've tried to work on, or has this been just a continuation of your maturation as a basketball player? Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. I think, um, you know, i got to give, you know, just, uh, you know, a whole bunch of credit to Coach Fig and just um, his demanding, um, you know, of us as players. And, you know, he tells us all the time that, um, when he, see, you know, sees us or he's at home watching film and thinking about us, all he is is, is seeing and thinking about the best version of ourselves. And um, it's kind of that self-fulfilling pro uh, prophecy that, you know, 
um, when you kind of think and, and treat someone like they could and should be, they'll become that. And so I think, I, you know, I got to give just a lot of credit to him as a basketball coach and him pushing me and saying, hey, look, this is what I see you could be. You know, and I remember, uh, excuse me, in a couple of our first conversations, him uh, coming in and, you know, preaching defense and defense and defense and uh, him telling telling me that, hey, look, everyone around here has told me you can't play a lick of defense, <laughs> you know. And, uh, and, you know, he was probably right. You know, I go back and watch film, and he, he was exactly right. But, um, you know, then just that kind of sparking a fire, being like, okay, you know what, I'm going to prove people wrong. I'm going to prove people that, you know, I can play for someone who's not just offensively minded, but I can play for someone who's uh, defensively minded, you know, and just kind of accepting that role of, uh, look, you know, I just want to do whatever I can to help my team win. Did you – when you went back and looked at yourself, obviously you're seeing the same things we see, and I'm not going to put you down too much here, but your lateral quickness is not at the top level. Mm-hmm. But you compensate by being smart, being very active with your hands. Are these things that Coach Fig saw in you and in place you're saying, oh, well, he's a slow white guy, can't do much <laughs> about that. Instead, went, okay, he maybe doesn't have the lateral quickness, but he's got X, Y, and Z, and we can help mold him into a good defender. Yeah, I think that's definitely uh, what Coach Fix saw, you know, and, and again, I think he just, uh, he sees the negatives, uh, but I think he, you know, the positives outweigh that, and again, I think he just, uh, he looks at someone for what they could and should be, and um, he's going to demand and, and expect that every, every single day, and um, I think that's kind of what I've slowly, uh, you know, kind of progressed into, you know, and just uh, try to overcompensate, you know, for the things I lack with, um, things that I do a really good job of. Last year in the OVC tournament against EIU, when we made the big second half comeback, you yeah. scored all 21 of your points in the second half. Mm-hmm. Was that the best 20 minutes of your basketball career, just for you personally? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think uh, that, and I think maybe the the second half at Jacksonville State when we played at Jacksonville State. You know, Trey Ivory got hurt. And I had to uh, play that point guard position for for a half, and uh, I think I did a really good job there. But again, that EIU game was um, really unique in the fact that I, again I scored all my points in the second half, and uh, and again I think that came as a result of uh, Coach Fig really challenging us at halftime. You know, uh, their guards were uh, killing us to say the least in the first half, and uh, he let that you know be known in in the in the locker room at halftime, and. Um, you know, I just really tried to live up to that challenge. What are half times like with Coach Figger? Uh, Depending on the situation, yeah. obviously. Yeah, um, it is uh, just a fun experience, man. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, you, you know that whether you're up or you're down, uh, you kind of know what you're going to get regardless. It's it's almost that, hey, no matter what we've done, it's, it's never good enough. We're going to look at, hey, these are the things, and we're up 20, these are the things that hey, we need to get better on because we're not playing against this team. We're playing against ourselves. We're playing, you know, we're going to do things the right way or we're down 20 and you're going to hear those same type of things and uh, you're going to get challenged uh, regardless. How's college basketball been beneficial to your life? Oh, man, it's taught me so much, man. Basketball in general, um, just, you know, perseverance, uh, a work ethic, you know, and I've mentioned, you know, before to people that, you know, again, I just think people are lazy, you know, and I think basketball has taught me that, hey, look, if you want to get out of it, um, you know, what you desire, you, know, you got to put work in. You know, you're only going to get out what you put in. 
uh, reap what you sow type of deal. And um, I think those are the two of the biggest things. And um, it's helped me manage adversity, you know, and uh, just helped me manage uh, correction, you know, because I think uh, especially, you know, generations coming up don't accept criticism very well. I don't think anyone um, likes criticism, but it's uh, basketball's allowed me to uh, look and almost long for that criticism because I know it's going to make me better. to FCA a couple of times and your experience with them why has that been such a big part of your collegiate career why does it seem to me anyway and to a lot of the outside mm -hmm. observers of you at large that doing good in Clarksville at Austin P just within your peer circle seems like it's very important to you oh man it's extremely important to me uh, you know you're only going to go so far in life um, if everything you do is uh, you-centered and everything. And I think uh, I, I came to understand that my freshman year through FCA um, is that, you know, I'm not going to be the best version of myself if I'm at the center of what I want to do. And so um, for me, you know, th you know, through FCA and just realizing that, hey, I want to play for something bigger than myself. You know, I want to glorify and play for Christ every time I'm out there. And that helps me, you know, in the bad games and the good games. Um, you know, the way I conduct myself is really how I'm going to um, be known as. And, you know, a lot of people say it's not what you say, you know, this and that, or it's, uh, you know, what you do and how you make other people feel. And uh, that's what I want to be known as. I want to be known as um, the player that was just consistent um, and just had fun out there on the court and just was, you know, through the bad times, you know, I, w I was the same way as I, you know, I was through the good times. And now – You've got the balancing act of not only being a student athlete, which is tough enough of itself, mm -hmm. but now you're also a husband. So yeah. to bring it back full circle, wh what has being married added to, to an already pretty full plate? Or has it made things easier to manage? Oh, man. I think uh, it's definitely tough. You know, I think uh, uh, being a husband, I've learned, is, is a full job in and of itself. Um, you know, and, and a father will be, you know, as you know, I've heard. Uh, but hopefully that's not for a few years. No, that's no, that's no, that's not anything that's going to happen soon. <laughs> I was about to say, no. are we breaking some nope. news right now? No, 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 definitely not. Um, but, you know, the, the one thing I've learned is, you know, I can never um, sort of go home and uh, kind of kick my shoes off. It's, you know, now when I, I go home from a, a practice or game and in the past I've been able to just kind of veg out or watch TV or this and that, you know, now it's, you know, hey, Zach, can you fold the laundry? Hey, can you do the dishes? You know, can you do this or that? And uh, I, I think it's uh, it's helped me become a better person. Uh, you know, you you know, it's it's true what they say. You learn how selfish you are when you get married. And uh, I've learned how selfish that, you know, that, you know, I really am. And so um, it's helped me even more so. And I think it's helped me become a better teammate because I realize that, hey, there is some selfishness, you know, that's um, still inside and I got to work and that's um, something that I gotta work through every day, and so if I can, you know, do that at home and do that when I'm tired at home at you know nine ten o'clock at night, you know, it's gonna help me uh, when I'm on the court, you know, playing for my teammates and for my coaches. All right, so now's the 
part of the show where I didn't uh, inform you beforehand. Oh, man. Uh, it's real. I think it's pretty simple. It's Prowse questionnaire. Um, what is your favorite word? My favorite word. Oh, man. Um, yikes. Oh, man. That's not the favorite word. Yikes. No, but. Uh, hmm. Intentional. Why? Um, man, I, I don't know. I think if you do everything intentionally, you get a lot out of it. Um, so I don't know. I guess that's why maybe. What is your least favorite word? My least favorite word. Uh, can't. Can't's been a big one. I've noticed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my dad used to tell me that can't never did anything, you know, all the time when I'd say, you know, my dad was a basketball coach and you know, from when I was in elementary school, he would, you know, kind of jokingly sometimes have me out there playing with his high school guys. And, you know, I would be like, you know, Dad, I, I can't play with them. I, you know, I can't do this. I can't do that. And, you know, my dad always never, you know, never failed. Can't never did anything. Can't never did anything. You know, or he would uh, he would give me the famous, famous uh, you know, Yoda, do or do not. There is no try. <laughs> you know, so. Who's the toughest opponent you've ever faced? Uh, individually or team? Individually individually uh man yogi ferrell that uh he was the quickest fastest strongest guard that uh i mean you see him now in the nba and what he's doing and um even though he went undrafted uh his you know rookie year i mean he went off and was putting up points and uh man he was he was a uh, pretty tough to guard what's the one thing you do regularly that you least enjoy that I least enjoy Oh man, is this like a, a from a basketball standpoint? Anything, anything, anything you have to do all the time that you really don't like to do. Hmm, man, uh, I hate doing dishes, and I have to do that. <laughs> you, couldn't you trade some other household chore in exchange for not having to do the dishes? You would think so, but somehow or another, I always get stuck with the dishes. Gotcha. What's one thing you'd change about college athletics? Um, man, one thing I would change about college athletics. I don't, I really don't know if I'd change anything. I think it's been such a phenomenal experience, you know, and even the, the bad things, uh, you know, the quote unquote bad things have uh, helped me become who I am today. So um, in my own experience, I don't know if I would change anything. You know, I think the the common conversation today is should athletes be paid? And, you know, I will say it would have been nice to be paid a little bit over the years. But, um, I mean, I still got an education for free here. And so um, I'm not going to be one of those guys that complain. What is your biggest fault? Biggest fault? Uh, Is this one of those that I'm supposed to answer something that makes myself look good? (laughs) Uh, My biggest fault? um, Man. I don't know. Um, you, you're going to sit right here and tell me that you're perfect. No, you're no, perfect. by no means, by no means. Uh, is this, again, is this a, a basketball, off is the court, anything. on the court? This is anything. My biggest fault. Um, I'm a bit of a procrastinator. A nator, procrastinator. So um, that tends to add a little bit of stress to my life, especially in homework. Okay, that might dovetail into this one. What is your idea of misery? Misery. Um, 
Well, this this is one of those things. I think it's a, a perspective deal. Um, I think, you know, I mean, I don't know. You can always look at the glass, you know, half full instead of half empty. Uh, misery, I think, to me is losing at Murray State. That's misery. What sport could you have excelled at aside from basketball? Um, I would like to think any sport. But let's <laughs> be honest. Yeah. Um, baseball, I was never good in. I played two years when I was younger. Um, and uh, I played in the outfield and always seemed to uh, trip and fall over myself when the ball came flying towards me. So I'm going to throw that one out the window. Um, golf, uh, I can really teach anyone how to slice a ball. So, again, I'm going to throw that one out the window. Um, I actually, football used to be my favorite sport for a while, uh, up until I got to about high school, which is when I started playing basketball. So, uh, maybe football. Uh, My dad was also a tennis coach, so I I play a little bit of tennis. You any good at tennis? I'm decent for someone who never really plays. Okay, so, so if you'd worked at it. Maybe. Yeah, so so I would say maybe football or, or tennis. Okay. What might compel you to tell a lie? Oh, man. Uh, compel me to tell a lie. Um, pranking someone. That'll, that'll, that'll do it. If I can uh, tell a little white lie to, you know, make fun of someone or, or, or to get them to do something silly. See, I was I was hoping to trip you with that one. Yeah. Like, oh, here, here's the situation, yeah. like a little out of the IRS yeah. or something. But no, nope, it's just nope. a prank. What would you define as a life fulfilled? A life fulfilled, um, man. A life fulfilled to me um, is something that uh, you know. I, I think it's it's said all the time. You know, you can do anything. You know, do anything you want to do. Do anything that. Are you doing anything you can set your mind to? And um, really, I've come to the point in my life where I don't want to do um, anything that I want to do. I don't want to do anything that I've set my mind to. I want to excel in whatever I'm currently doing, but uh, I want to be all who uh, God's created me to be. And I want I want to do uh, everything and um, and kind of fulfill his purpose for me. You know, and maybe that is doing what I want to do and the desires that I have. Or maybe that's, you know, um, doing something that's maybe a little uncomfortable for me. Um, but I think um, whatever um, I'm doing for his purpose is going to be a lot more fulfilling. What does the future hold for you and your new family now? Oh, well, I wish I could see the future. Um, I have no idea. There's several things that I, I think I um, have a desire for or maybe want to do. Um, I think playing basketball beyond is, is something that, I, you know, I, I have a, I've always had a desire for. Um, again, you know, now that you know, I'm thinking for me and my wife. I don't know if that's going to be uh, best for for us as a as a married couple now, but it's still something that you know I'm thinking about, and you know we've talked about. And uh, another thing is coaching. Um, I think coaching is in my DNA. Um, I love basketball. You know, I love being around, and uh, I always want to work with those who are younger than me, and uh, whether at the high school or college level. Um, so coaching is definitely something I thought about doing, um, and then going into ministry in some form of uh, fashion. Um, is something I've uh, I've thought about doing, and um, I could see myself doing in the future. Whether it's um, going on staff with uh, FCA or Athletes in Action, or you know, or something like that. But I, I do want to work closely with sports and closely with youth. Well, I have a feeling that no matter what it is you ultimately decide to do, 
you'll be great at it. I hope uh, so. Again, congratulations to you and Ashley. Y'all are a couple of the, the best people that have come through here. Thank so you. I appreciate uh, that. We're all very proud of you. Zach Glotta, thank you so much for your time. Today. Thank you. Thanks to Zach Lotta for joining us this week. Always good to talk to Zach and get his perspective on things. Saturday will be a huge day for Austin Athletics in Charleston, Illinois. That's where the Governor's football team will take on the Panthers at 1 p.m. Uh, looking to bounce back strong uh, and take on and take down Eastern Illinois and head into the final weekend with a chance to finish above 500 on the season. And later that evening, the action moves into Lance Arena, where the Governor's volleyball team hopes to clinch its second straight league regular season title. And the Govs will also be in SIUE Friday night. And this is the final weekend of regular season competition in the conference before the Ohio Valley Conference Tournament. Women's basketball gets going with a quickness now with three games in the next seven days, starting with their home opener Friday against Christian Brothers at 7 p.m. The Govs then go on and take on, or the Govs then go and take on Vanderbilt on the road on Monday before hosting Treveca just two days later on Wednesday. And if some of you have marked the schedules earlier in the season, that game against Treveca is indeed on Wednesday, not Thursday, as some of you may have seen in the past. Because um, if volleyball does uh, goes out and does their job, then we will be hosting the OVC volleyball tournament, and that will start on Thursday. Um, all three of these games are winnable, to, for me to be honest. And the Vanderbilt one obviously is the one that sticks out, but they just lost to North Alabama by three points, and that was North Alabama's first game as a Division One program. So I think all three of these games are are good tests and and potential for wins here for David Midlick's crew. Not to be outdone, the men's basketball team heads down to Starkville, Mississippi on Friday night to take on Mississippi State, 18th-ranked Mississippi State, before heading off in search of sun and steels in South Florida and Jamaica next week, beginning Monday at USF. Uh, the Jamaica Classic will be the governor's first tournament outside of the states since the 2012 Cancun Challenge in Mexico. And closing out the week and closing out their season will be Austin P. Cross Country at the 2018 NCAA South Regional in Tallahassee, Florida. The governors to be represented by Wesley Gray, Thomas Porter, Caroline Kiplagat, and Maisie Lay in Tallahassee. A couple of notices here for student-athletes or anybody who's an Austin P. student and just listen to the podcast or anyone really. But uh, registration is open now for the spring semester, so... Um, Please get in touch with Ryan Combs, Katie Etheridge, and Haley Jacoby. And also, as a remembrance, no classes on November 12th in observance of Veterans Day. Uh, for those of you looking to pick up the Govs Cup points, reading at Bird Elementary, helping out at Mana Cafe, Buddy Ball, uh, any other activities in the Clarksville community, contact Haley Jacoby for more info for you or your team. Uh, First Christian Church also looking for people each week to unload their food truck. Haley also has all of your details for that. Get in touch, stay in touch via web and social. Dylan, where do the people go to find us for that? You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at 
Let's Go P, or on Twitter, you can find us at each individual team account with each individual team handle. So, for instance, Austin P Women's Basketball is Austin P WBB on Twitter. Um, shout out to Taylor Wiseman in video services and Tyler Davis in digital media as well. Let's go P.com for dates, news, stories. Dylan, Cody Bush, Stefan Nolay, myself, we have interesting things to read and see over there. And with basketball season starting, everybody is in the need for tickets. Go see Katie Locke and Sydney Hooper. They are the ticket gurus, and they have you covered. Um, ticket sales for courtside seats at basketball games are still going on. And get in touch with Katie and Sydney and find out how to get as close to the game as is possible without being asked to close out on a shooter. Find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or directly on the website at letsgop.com slash podcast. Give us a rating and review, and Dylan will personally come to your house and wash your car. And if you want to suggest a guest, let us know of a local or on-campus event we should shout out. Challenge me to a duel at dawn. Email us at schwartzd at apsu.edu or wilsonrc at apsu.edu. And regardless, I do not do dawn, so challenge will not be accepted. Uh, we were going to take a week off. Uh, next week we will not be doing this because I'll be in Jamaica with the men's basketball team. So uh, go me and nanana to you. Anyhow, we'll be back in two weeks. Bye. Sit down, be humble, sit down, be humble, sit down, be humble, sit down, be humble.